This is Rob Carbone, and you're listening to BD4. Here's Barrett, some shake and bake, down the three. So I know we did another episode um, on the Knicks the other night too, but um, I figured I, I just give uh you know, I wanted to add a few things um, or maybe just one thing in particular the other night that I never got to add. So I figured we make just a, an entirely separate um, episode of the podcast to do so, um, to talk about Julius Randle. Um, so that's what we're going to dive into tonight in episode 151 of BD4. But um, what's going on, guys? Hope everybody's doing well. Um, it's your host, Rob Carbone, coming at you with another episode of BD4. Um, 151 of the podcast, episode 151. If you guys didn't check out episode 150, be sure to do that right now, uh, where we talked about you know, we reviewed the Yankees Brave series that just happened. <laughs> that well, the two game set, the doubleheader set where they lost both, and the Yankees continue to um, to really struggle of late. <laughs> so, be sure to check out episode one fifty. Um, pretty much just one giant rant by me <laughs> on several different um, you know issues with the Yankees, but. Taking a break from the Yankees and going to the wonderful New York Knicks tonight um, for episode 151 here on Thursday night. It's about 9 p.m. here as I am recording. Um, so I hope to publish this and, you know, I hope you're listening to this and uh, watching this by the time um, Friday comes around. So, yeah, it, it's going to be uh, about the Knicks and, and what they're going to do, you know, with Julius Randle this offseason being that... um. You know, he's been a polarizing subject in Manhattan so far, um, you know, after they signed him in free agency uh, last offseason. Um, you know, that was their big move, um, obviously, after failing to sign Kevin Durant, after failing to sign Kyrie Irving and, um, you know, a couple other of those all-stars on the market. The Knicks went with quantity over quality, and they got a bunch of... Uh, you know, a bunch of power forwards, a bunch of, you know, guys with expiring contracts, but Julius Randle being, you know, the more talented one of that group and they gave him a hefty contract. Um, so we're going to talk about all of that tonight. Um, first, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey guys, really quick. I just want to remind you that if you go to my website at nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com, Dot com. You can find me on social media. You can find the links to my podcast and my blog. 
So that's all you got to do. Just go to my website, go to nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com and there will be a page that displays all of my information. All right, guys, thank you. Let's get back to the show. Friggin' monsoon going on over here. <laughs> I don't know if everybody else has it on the East Coast, but here in Jersey right now, there's like a big ass rainstorm. And I think it's kind of the the, the the leftover from the hurricane going on in uh, Louisiana. But there's a freaking big storm going on right now. I love storms. I love storms. It's I love going to hang out in the studio when there's a storm because it's nice and uh I'm in a little cozy space down here. But <laughs> yeah. So there's not much going on tonight other than camping down here in the studio. Um, you know, I don't know, you know, the NBA was supposed to, you know, apparently a couple of players uh, on the Lakers and Clippers um, or whoever it was in those organizations wanted to cancel the season. Um, not going to get political. I don't like to get pol- political on my show, but fucking I'm a bit confused here. Uh, I don't know if we're, we're getting an NBA season resuming soon. Um, there was news today that there are they are supposed to resume, but I haven't seen anything on TV yet. Um, maybe it's going to happen tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little bit lost there as far as that goes, but um, I'm hoping the NBA can get up and going again just to give me something to watch. Um, and, you know, obviously the Yankees come back on tomorrow, but it's crazy shit going on right now. I'm not even going to get into it. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, as for the Knicks, man, um, yeah, listen, uh, Leon Rose has some, you know, thinking to do here. Um, as for the episode title right here, uh, Leon Rose has some thinking to do for the Knicks and Leon Rose um, and his new staff that he's hired and, and you know, this new front office um, regime they're trying to uh, go with here. They've got some thinking to do with, with uh, Randall this offseason, whenever the offseason does begin. <clears throat> um they have to they have to make the, make a decision here. Are they going to continue to let Randall be on this roster or are they going to try and find a you know a trade partner for him? Um so Randall's coming off and I'm rounding these numbers of season where he averaged 20 points, 10 rebounds, 3 assists, uh doing so on 46% from the field, 26% from the three-point line and 73% from the free throw stripe. Um, average three turnovers per game along with three personal fouls per game. And uh, I believe he led the Knicks in usage rate. So the Knicks are paying him, Was I'd say the average salary here is $18 million per year um, on a three-year uh, three year deal, but only, I think, $4 million is guaranteed for year three. Um, so, and again, the numbers, the raw numbers are there. Right, the the twenty and ten double double, um, the numbers are there. They they pop out at you, but you really can't use that as an excuse for him. You know, to back him up and say he played exceptional, to say he played as well as the numbers say, is a um, that's just being gullible. That's just reading off of a stat sheet. You know, if you were to back him up using the numbers, that's being just as gullible as the Knicks were when they signed him. You know, um, you know he may or may not have maybe helped the Knicks pick up an extra win or three, but he didn't help them accomplish accomplish what their true goal um, should have been this season. You know, which is 
rebuilding with the kids and, and you know focusing on player development for RJ Barrett, for Mitchell Robinson and you know the other young kids, Dotson, Frank Knox, you know, et cetera. He didn't really help there, you know. And, and not that Randall is old. He's also young, 25 years old next year. But, you know, he's one guy. And one guy shouldn't be focused on as much as Randall was, you know. Um, he's just not a good fit here with a lot of the players we have on this roster that we're trying to develop and groom. Julius Randall doesn't seem like he's fit with a lot of them, you know, especially with Mitch and with RJ Barrett. You know, there's no room to work um, with the clogged paint. You know, when you have Mitch, RJ, and Randall all sharing the floor together, you know, Randall's a poor three-point shooter and he attempts a lot. Um, and then he's, you know, often clogging the paint too when he's posting up. So there's not much spacing. You know, RJ's three-point shooting was very erratic and a lot of that can be attributed to Randall's t- uh, style of play. Um, and again, you know, when you put Randall next to Mitch at the 4-5, not pretty, you know, because of those spacing issues as well. It kind of gives you those Joel Embiid, Al Horford vibes. Never pretty. <laughs> so very ugly, very ugly at times um, just because of that. So I, I think, you know, at that four spot, guys, um, you know, I, I would prefer the Knicks get at least one of a better shooter or a defender at that spot. You know, I don't think Randall should be starting every single day playing 35 plus minutes a night at the power forward position when he is not a great shooter, nor is he a good defender at all, you know? So that's something that I definitely paying close attention to this off season, you know, with everything that's going on in the free agency um, and even the draft and, and, and on the trade market too, um, you know, and we're going to get to that. We're going to touch on that in a second, but yeah, I mean, I would say you need at least a good defender or a good shooter at that four spot, and Randall provides you with none of that. Um, and he's also just very ball-dominant. You know, that's what bothered a lot of Knicks fans was how ball-needy and ball-dominant he was. Um, you know, and you can make the point guard excuse. The Knicks need a better point guard to, to you know, set him up more. But listen, he, he played – him and Alfred Payton um, were on the floor for the third most minutes. Um, of any tandem, of any two-man tandem on the Knicks. And Peyton, when he was on the floor with Randall, um, he would only pass it to Randall. If you're a Knicks fan who's watched these games, you know what I'm talking about. He would only feed Randall. He would force feed him at times. And that just would not work. You know, it would often just lead to a very erratic offense. Um, so, you know, you don't love that, that he's just very ball dominant. And he also turns it over. He's always coughing it up, you know, those stupid post spins he does, um, coughing up turnovers late in the clutch. You know, he's a good post player. He's got the skills to be a good post player, but a lot of times he doesn't use his head there. Um, you know, a lot of charging into set defenses post roll, you know, when he's supposed to play the screen and roll. A lot of times you'll see him just charge at the at the set defense and, and there's a turnover right there as well. Um, so he's got to cut the TOs down. Um you know, just very inefficient for as much as he uses the ball. Um, and, and, and again, a, a lack of vision. You know, this guy, when he's on the floor, doesn't have, yeah, the three assists were there, but another example of numbers being deceiving. If you watch the game, they, there there are so many times, man, if you watch these games where he's turning somebody like R.J. Barrett 
into a spot up shooter. You know, RJ is supposed to be a slasher. RJ is supposed to be somebody who can create with the ball or cut to the rim off the ball and catch it that way. But when Randall is on the court with Barrett, <clears throat> he's obviously he's the one with the ball in his hands. Randall, he's obviously not supposed to be you know that playing that role. But you know he's turning RJ Barrett into a spot up guy, which is not what he is, and that's also attributed to why he was so inefficient. Barrett, um, you know, on the fucking flip side too, you've got these defensive issues to worry about with Julius Randall. Um. Very poor on rotations. Uh, there's a lack of focus a lot. You know, the motor is very low when it comes to Randall. Sometimes he often, you know, I wouldn't even say sometimes. I would say he often just dogs it. Um, it's rough to watch. Um, so, you know, there's so many things wrong. Um, just, just with the way he plays. It's really easy to just look at the numbers, but I mean... This is a guy who shouldn't be playing point Julius, right? He needs to not play the point guard position, the point forward, whatever you want to call it in this positionless nature of basketball and play more of a prototypical big, you know, play the five. He played the five a lot less than he has, you know, in recent years. I know with the Lakers and with the Pelicans, he played it a lot more. I don't know the numbers. They aren't right in front of me, but. Fucking Randall did not play the five as often as you would have liked. Um, and I think that would have helped him. You know, as big as he is, he could have used his strength more and played more bully ball and played in the post a lot more. And he's a great finisher at the rim, but he didn't use that strength as often as he should have. He was just, you know, it was very often he was just left running the floor when he shouldn't have, you know, RJ Barrett needs more ball time. Uh you know, Alonzo Trier needed more ball time. You know, all those guys, Kevin Knox needed more shot attempts and Randall stunted the growth of a lot of the young Knicks because of this, you know? Um, so yeah, positioning is a big, important, uh, factor here too, you know, playing less five with the Knicks than he ever has in his career, I think sucked. And, and obviously Mitchell Robinson's got that five position locked down, but you know, do the Knicks think about, playing Randall off the bench as a six man center, you know, backing up Robinson, um, not pairing them together as often, you know, that would help with, with the Knicks offensive efficiency. Um, so, you know, this is, listen, I'm not, not to sound like I'm bashing this kid, but he's a very, listen, he's a very talented player. He just, it's the very poor basketball instincts that he's got. Right. And, and that worries me. Right. He's again, he's already 25 years old, entering his seventh season next year. So, usually at this point in time, you know, guys would mature with their IQ and decision making by then. He's still not there. He's still, you know, that same uh, low IQ player. You know, so I understand he's got the skills, the abilities, and, you know, to be this really, really talented player. And he'll put up those productive numbers, but he's not a winning player yet because he doesn't make those winning plays as often as he should have, as he should, you know? So what are the Knicks going to do? Right. What, what, what are the, what are the options here? Um, yeah, you could try and find your lead guard in the draft to help him out. 
you know, to get somebody else whom other than Alfred Payton to play a proper point guard and involve everybody and also try and increase Randall's efficiency that way. So, you know, if you get your lead guard in the draft, then, um, you know, I just spit, <laughs> but you can get your lead guard in the draft, but you'd have to hope it's, it's, you know, Killian Hayes or Cole Anthony that falls, you know, that's probably the two best point guards left on that list that could potentially fall to the Knicks. And that's not even a promise, you know? So unfortunately they are eighth in the draft this year. Um, so we have to rely on that, uh, on certain players falling. Um, but that's no promise that, that, that Hayes or Anthony do, you know, they, they are big names for a reason. Yes. Anthony has struggled. Um, yes. Hayes is more unpredictable than a lot of these prospects being that he's played internationally, but there is definitely a chance, um, one or maybe even two of those guys get picked, uh, within the first seven picks. Um, yeah. So maybe you hope that Tom Thibodeau can fix him. You know, Fizdale couldn't do it. Miller showed his flashes of, of making him more efficient, but he couldn't really fix Randall overall. So maybe Thibodeau teaches him defense, being that that's his forte, Tom Tibbs. Um, and maybe he'll help him increase his offensive efficiency, you know, by, again, diminishing Julius Randall's role and backing up Mitch at the five and not starting next to him. Um, so maybe Thibodeau does something there to help uh, fix him. Or maybe the Knicks acquire shooters around him. You know, maybe they just, they, they acquire better shooting wings and better guards and forwards to shoot around him to help space the floor since he's not a great shooter himself. Instead of trying to fix his shooting, maybe do it, you know, kind of the other way and, and get some guys around him who shoot better and some playmakers also around him, like I said, um, to help his efficiency that way or help the Knicks' overall efficiency. So, yeah, those are some things you can do if you would prefer to keep Randall on the roster. Now, if you're like me and you're leaning towards getting rid of the guy, you know, there's there are some attractive options out there. So trading him is not going to be easy with that contract, but it could happen, again, being that he's got just a one-on-one pretty much remaining on the contract. Um, so you would likely have to sweeten the pot a little bit if you were to deal him. Um, and, you know, obviously, though, you would have to acquire a front court shooter to replace him through the draft, free agency, or in the trade market. And there are some options out there that I really am intrigued by. Um, you know, one being uh, Davies Bertans, who, let's see if I can find it on the screen here. Um, yeah, who, who had a really strong season with the um, Wizards this past season. And he's always been a good shooter. He's a lockdown guy, but this season he took a big jump, went from eight points to 15 points a night, and he did so shooting 42% from the floor. I'm sorry, from the three-point line, um, nailing 3.7 three-point makes a game. So great shooter, and he's always been, again, a strong shooter. Um, Davies Bertans is a power forward. What is he, 6'11", 6'10", power forward. So that would be an excellent guy to put um, – in Randall's spot at the four. I would not mind that, you know, give me somebody who is efficient. Obviously this, this would have to, you know, work financially. The Knicks would have to waive as many players as they can. And, and they do have some of the assets that they signed this past off season um, on those cheap deals that they can waive. 
Um, so it could work, you know, they could go after somebody like Bertans. Um, there's also a younger option, you know, more of a, a prospect here in Christian Wood, who is a 6'10 power forward as well, who can stretch the floor out a little bit too. Um, he's more of an athletic player who can play down low also, but he does stretch the floor um, and he'll, he'll hit the three as well. Not at a volume as high as a Davies Bertans will, but 39% on 2.3 attempts is not bad for a young developing prospect. Um, and again, he averaged 13.6 rebounds in, in uh, 21 minutes a night. So Christian Wood, another option I don't mind. Um, now, if we're talking draft, um, we mentioned getting a lead guard in the draft, but you know the Knicks could also go the route of, again, this is being optimistic and, and hoping he falls that low. But you could also go find someone like Davies, um, not Davies, uh, Obi Toppin from uh, Dayton. Obi is a guy I really like. Um, I know my cousin Mike, who's on the show a while ago, really likes him too. But Obi's a guy who has really intrigued me. He's an athletic big, um, another forward, 6'9", 6'10". Um, and he, yeah, the, the numbers here this past season that Dayton, another guy who jumped big from his... Um, 2019 to 2020 season went from 14 to 20 points and went from six to eight rebounds and um, shoots the three. You know, he hit 39% of his threes on 2.6 attempts. Um, and this is somebody who's very athletic too. So not only can he step out and hit the, the three point shot, but OB Toppin is very, very um, athletic. He's an athletic freak um, flashes, highlight dunks all the time. And so, you know, that's just another option the Knicks can take a look at there. Um, if they were to um, be fortunate enough to, to have this kid on the board so late in the uh, in the lottery. Um, yeah, I mean, that that's pretty much it. That's just some of my takes on, on Julius Randle and how the Knicks can um, benefit, you know, with him still here or benefit by getting rid of him. Um, you know, you guys let me know what you think. You know, do you want Randall around still? I know I wouldn't hate it. You know, I just hope that they can do everything they can to make him a much, much more efficient winning player than he was um, this past season. So, you know, whatever it is the Knicks do decide to do, Randall must not be the centerpiece of the Knicks next season. Okay, so uh, whether that be diminishing his role, acquiring better shooting, um, acquiring better playmaking space on the floor more, or just flat out trading the guy, um, you know, which may be the best option here, whatever it may be, he cannot be the centerpiece of the Knicks next season. It needs to be RJ Barrett and Mitchell Robinson. Those guys need to be the focus. They need the shot attempts. They need the high, the, uh, those high usage rates. It can't be somebody like Julius Randall okay, Randall can't be the number one option again. I don't think I can sit through another season of that and, and, and watch the young core of the Knicks, you know, have their development slowed and, and not really grow as much as they should be. Um, it's rough. So guys, that, that's pretty much all I've got for this one. Just a short little podcast episode tonight, episode 151, talking Julius Randall. We're going to head to break. And as soon as we get back, we'll wrap things up with the uh, NYYMYK question of the day. Be right back. Hey guys, really quick, I just want to remind you that if you go to my website at nysportstalk.com, 
www.rc.wordpress.com. You can find me on social media. You can find the links to my podcast and my blog. So that's all you got to do. Just go to my website. Go to nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com. And there will be a page that displays all of my information. All right, guys, thank you. Let's get back to the show. So last time out in episode 150 of the podcast, I asked you guys, um, the Yankees won 27 World Series championships, um, but how many have they lost in their history? Uh, The answer to that question is the Yankees have lost 13 World Series in their history. That's a pretty good ratio to win 27 of your 40. That's like 68% right there. (laughs) So the answer to that question, 13 World Series losses. Uh, in Yankee history. Uh, But tonight's question of the day, tonight's NYY, NYK question of the day um, is obviously a Knicks question. Um, How many all-star appearances did Carmelo Anthony have as a Nick? So how many all-star appearances did Carmelo Anthony have as a Nick? So let me know the answer um, in the comments section once I post the podcast or just DM me on any one of the platforms you see on the screen or in the description. Um, Guys, thank you so much for stopping by. This is your host, Rob Carbone, with another episode of BD4. Um, BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. Um, Yeah, hope everybody's having a good night, and I hope everybody continues to have a good night. And um, we will see you in the next episode, which, if all things go as planned, we may have a guest or two on the show. Um, That should be Sunday night um, after this Mets series ends. and hopefully we can get this series in, you know, with all these protests going on and hopefully the virus doesn't interfere again with this subway series, but we'll see. We'll see everything. Um, <laughs> fucking that's it guys. That's all we've got. What will Leon Rose do with Julius Randall? A question that will be on Knicks fans minds all off season long. So, uh, that's it guys. Thank you so much. And, um, I'll see you in the next one. All right. Ciao. This podcast is sponsored by Anchor.